This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything, from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. I'm your host, Allie, and I'm so excited for today's guest. I have an incredible woman, child behavioral development specialist. I have the fabulous Dr. Siggy Cohen. I want to tell you guys a little bit about her before I bring her on. So Dr. Siggy Cohen is known as the child whisperer for her unparalleled depth of insight in working with children. For more than 35 years, she has worked extensively with thousands of children and families, first as a teacher and then as a child development specialist. Dr. Siggy has a private practice, lectures and teaches throughout the Los Angeles area. Her approach has proven successful in helping parents and teachers deepen the understanding of children's behaviors so they can support them through the entire range of emotional challenges, including behavioral difficulties, transitions, and trauma. She is also a mother of three. Dr. Siggy, welcome to my show. Thank you so much, Allie. That was wonderful. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm honored. I can't wait to talk all things toddler and just, you know, your amazing course you have coming out, all the things. Before we get into that, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Obviously, you're a mom of three, how you got into this work. Tell my audience a little bit more about you. So I think I've always loved being around children. So this is uh, just my natural, um, normal way of being is happy around kids. So this is something that as far as I can look back, I always enjoyed and worked with kids in any kind of way I was able to. Um, Of course, I was a mom myself. I went back to school throughout my mothering. And uh, each time I added another capacity to what it is that I love doing, which is working with children, understanding children, working with families, seeing the needs of parents to understand their children and being able to actually do that. Wow, that's so amazing. And I mean, you know, you're a mother of three also. So the fact that you are able to not only, you know, teach and do all these things, but I'm sure also bring these practices into your home is pretty incredible. Absolutely. So I think that I can understand parents so much because of course I am one and I was a full-time parent with the intensity, the chaos, the different personalities, um, the different needs that your children have and all throughout their development, how things change and how uh, you have to roll with what is happening on the outside as on the inside. And so I'm able to relate to parents and to understand what they're going through. Um, I also have extensive understanding of diversity, of culture, um, different ethnic backgrounds, religions. So all of it pulled together makes me able to um, 
to cater myself to the needs of each family almost on an individual basis. It's not that I come in this one idea fix it all. It's that I see who I'm faced with, what their needs are, what they want to do and can do, and I work with that. That's amazing. And how old are your kids? My kids are in their 30s. So believe it or not, and I have a hard time sometimes <laughs> believing it myself, but I have a 36-year-old, 33, and 31. Wow. Okay. I wasn't aware that they were, I knew they were grown, but I didn't know they were that grown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you look amazing. Thank you. Um, but you know, they're, they're close in age. What are their age range uh, the, the, apart? Yes. So I will say this. I had three kids under five years. So under five. So in less than five years, and you can imagine. So my older two are less than three years apart. And my middle one and my youngest one are less than two years apart. So before my oldest one turned five, I already had his youngest brother. So it was chaotic and it was intense. Um, it was busy. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I often say, for some reason, parenting made sense to me. It was like a role that fit me. So even though I can relate to the intensity, the chaos, the emotionality that comes with raising your children, the worry, the concern, the anxiety, the many questions we have, somehow understanding them always made, made sense to me. And this is what I bring into, in a way, my profession and career. Yeah, I love that. And thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being, you know, really honest about it being chaos, because I have a lot of moms and a lot of new moms and even pregnant women who listen to my show. And I think it's important for, you know, them to hear that even from someone as a professional like yourself, because like you said, you're also a mother of three and especially having them so close, you know, there is a lot of chaos. And I think that, it's great when people like yourself who, you know, do teach this and are very much in it are also vulnerable and transparent that like, hey, I'm also still a mother. And yes, it is chaotic, you know, but I, you know, but I do enjoy it because I think a lot of times I know myself as a, you know, new mom, you know, Amelia will be three, you know, this coming weekend and then, you know, in April and then, you know, Arlie will be one crazy enough at the end of May, you know, it's like, wow, it's so intense. But then part of me is like, but I'm not ready necessarily to be done having babies. So it's, it's you know, it's very um, nice when you get to hear someone like yourself share, like, yes, it was difficult. Yes, it was chaotic, but yes, I also loved it. And I survived and I thrived and I got through. Exactly, absolutely. So I often say you are with children, so expect some of the chaos. Not all the chaos is out of norm, out of sync, problematic. Some of the chaos is because, yeah, children are loud, impulsive, intense, busy. And when you understand that, you're not seeing all the chaos as negative. Some of it is just the way it is. This is normal life with children. Then, of course, there is some parts of the chaos that maybe we need to um, manage better, understand what is causing it and seeing how we can navigate with everything that's going on slightly um, easier through it. So it's not, not all the chaos is bad uh, and it's never completely without it. So it's, it's neither one, you know, it's, it's not one or the other, it's somewhere in between. Well, yeah, I love that you said that. And thank you for saying that about 
also just the chaos in general, because you're right. It's like, I had to learn that the hard way when I first had Amelia and, you know, doing all the jobs, especially that I was doing back then, which was celebrity styling full time and very much, you know, in the public eye in Hollywood and doing all these things. I put a lot of pressure on myself that like everything was going to be exactly the same. <laughs> and- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And that was obviously not reality. And, you know, I struggled a lot because I would get frustrated that there was so much chaos. And I looked at it at like such a negative. And I love that you said that, that chaos, you know, normal chaos is just part of what it is of being, you know, a parent, especially a new parent. And it's part of what our children do as they learn and grow and explore. And I think that was the shift I really had, you know, coming into being a mom of two with Arlie, even during a pandemic and all the wildness of being pregnant during that time and so many mixed emotions and everything going on, I actually felt more of a peace in a crazy way. And I felt more empowered when I had her because not only of course, was I a little bit more aware of what I was getting myself into, but I felt like I embraced the chaos versus fighting it. Right. Yes. Very well said. Exactly. Because when we resist anything, we're just putting up so many more walls to sort of like fight against. And that does not help us at all. Yeah. So can you speak to that a little bit more? Because I think a lot of people, a lot of parents in general, you know, do get rattled by the chaos and do feel that, you know, it shouldn't be this way, or maybe it shouldn't be quote unquote, this hard, or this chaos feels bad. You know, what would you share when you talk about a lot of that chaos is just part of parenthood, part of motherhood that you would want others to know that are listening? Yes. So we want to understand that children are unpredictable. They are intense. A lot of who they are and what they are is about urgency. So it feels as if anything and everything has to be so immediate. It's actually, they bring the chaos, but we can balance it rather than join in on the chaos. If we understand that, and maybe we shouldn't just use the word chaos, it's more intense, it's loud, it's constant. Um, And so when we walk into that situation, understanding who they are, we set our expectations so much more realistically, and we're not fighting the way it was, we're not blaming, we're not guilting ourselves or anything or anyone, we're not feeling like a failure, what is wrong, what is going on, why is this the way it is, it's like, oh, they're kids, they're intense, there is a lot going, they're loud, they're impulsive, if I add my intensity into that, now maybe this is chaos, a little out of control. But if I balance it actually with staying a little more rational, not completely emotional all the time, just like kids, because that's what they are, very emotional. We can be more sensible, more rational. If I keep some of the calm uh, around them, if I um, take a step back rather than constantly jump into the center of the chaos and become part of it, I have a chance to mentor, I have a chance to monitor better, and I have a chance to actually lead them a little bit more out of their chaos as opposed to joining in and now twirling so much more in it. Yes. Oh my gosh. So beautifully said. And you're right. It's like, you know, you either join into the chaos, right? And you just join into the emotions and all the chaos going on, 
or you, like you said, you kind of step out and you kind of observe what's going on and you try to bring some type of calm, which obviously is not always the case. Like it, it depends on the circumstance, but overall, I guess, and what you're saying of being intentional in your overall response will help mim- you know, mitigate possible, possibly the, some of the chaos and the emotions that are flying high around the room with your children. Very true. Yes. So be mindful of how they bring in a sense of urgency, but truly, realistically, not everything is so urgent. So just because your child is in that sense of a state of emergency, everything's got to be now and immediately, (laughs) (laughs) you can see the bigger picture. You can stay a little bit more Um, focused on the general idea of things rather than zone in just on that immediate moment. And then you can kind of say, okay, yes, I understand that to you, it feels like it must be right now, but maybe not. So here is how we're going to take it one little thing at a time. So you bring your wisdom, you bring your experience, you bring your ability to manage your emotions much better than your children. And that is how you can balance their existence, their intense um, intensity and chaotic self. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm curious, like with you, you know, being obviously, you know, back when, you know, you were really in it, right. As a mom of three, and especially, you know, being, it was a little bit ago, there wasn't as much of this conversation of like intention and conscious parenting and all of these things that have really kind of come into the play in the last, you know, I would say, I don't know, five, 10 years, it's really being talked about, at least that I've seen. And from what I've studied, what was it like for you being someone, I guess, maybe who was more at the forefront of this being a, you know, you were experiencing it as a mom and then, you know, then teaching, I guess my question is, is like, what was it like for you being kind of at the forefront of that and realizing that and how to create your own um, path with your children and how you would handle things? And what would you share for others, you know, that are listening that are like, I want to be better about handling situations. I want to be more intentional, but maybe I don't feel that I'm built that way as a parent, or I just don't know how to be that way. Right. So you're absolutely right. It was kind of the beginning of this more of an understanding of how parents need to be um, so much more attentive, open, um, understanding of their children. So parenting is not just where the kids are and how safe and what they're eating and what time they're in bed, but it was the beginning of this much more social emotional language and understanding of their part of their growth. Um, Something that I think I brought into my parenting and it's part of who I am. One, I did have experience as a teacher in classroom management and being around children. So the sound of their voice and (laughs) the noise level and the busyness was a little more familiar to me. So, okay, I have that, but I think that I understood that in order to be the better parent for my own children and then for everyone else, I have to be a constant learner. And a constant learner is someone that doesn't walk into a situation knowing it all. A constant learner is someone that is able to actually pause, question, be inquisitive, curious, 
I didn't walk in thinking that I know everything. I actually always balance between what it is that my intuition and my knowledge and my ideas are, but then at the same time, who are my children? It's almost like I wanted to study them. I wanted to understand them. And it didn't come with judgment. It came with curiosity. And that curiosity allowed me to constantly grow as a parent. And I think it lent, it landed to where I am today, this ability to really zone in on individualities, on personal needs, on what is going on behind the scene of everybody's behaviors and pull the best out of them because I can see it. So I'm letting them know how they can reach that potential as well. Wow. I tell parents, yeah, I just wanna say this. I tell parents often, never stop learning. Always think to yourself that no matter who you are and no matter what it is that you do, life keeps throwing you all these lessons, use them. Don't be afraid of it. It's teaching you something about yourself, about your family, about your children, about the connections that you can have with them. It's not all set in stone from the very beginning. It's more fluid and, and, and you can flow with it. And that's, that's kind of how I see it. Back, I saw it back then and I see it today as well. Wow, so beautifully and powerfully said. I love what you said, Dr. G, about learning because it's something that I constantly remind myself and my husband when there's moments of, you know, just intensity and chaos. And I say to him, you know, I know, of course, we're her parents and we have to keep, you know, our toddler, you know, Amelia safe. But at the same time, she is teaching us and she is helping us grow. And, you know, they are a lot smarter than many of us give them credit for. True. <laughs> And I learned that, you know, I learned that as I go along and I think I'm also very grateful that of course I am, you know, a mom influencer in this space and I get to connect with incredible people like yourself and other experts. And I learn as I go along, like how much of what you just said of the learning and the constant evolving and allowing it not just to teach us as parents, but to actually play into our everyday lives. You're right. When you embrace that and are actually open to that, it really does change and shift things in the dynamic of your home, in my opinion, and in the growth of your children. It's true. And I can say one other thing about it. When you do that, it takes down some of the stress and a lot of the anxiety. When you are curious, you're less anxious because you are understanding that there's something for you here to learn. A lot of times we are anxious because we feel like we're already supposed to know, and that's our own judgment towards ourselves and even our kids, right? It's kind of like how often parents say, why don't you know that? Why aren't you doing it? How many times do I have to tell you? Think about how much anxiety and stress there is just in saying that. But when I'm curious, I don't actually say stuff like that. I'm more like, oh, wow, interesting that you're doing that again. Okay, let's think about the reasons why. I mean, suddenly I'm approaching something in such a very different way, much more open-minded, able to take information in rather than coming from a place of I'm supposed to know. And if I don't, now I actually failed. It's not a test that I was supposed to memorize information for. It's a constant, as you said, 
evolving and growing as a person and as a parent. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I got chills when you said that because you're right. It is this constant evolving and curiosity. And what really just kind of struck a chord with me was when you just spoke about the realization you have within self and as a parent of saying like, it's okay to be curious. It's okay to tap into that and say, I don't know, or I'm learning, or I'm exploring what you're doing right now and taking from it and, you know, figuring out what that means or trying to figure out what that means versus like, I have to know all, or I have to just do what maybe is quote unquote expected of me as a just, you know, parent who would just normally react. Right. Very true. So that's a great segue into, I know you speak so much on toddlers and, you know, their, their tempers and tantrums and their behaviors and everything they do. Obviously, as I told you, you know, before we came on and spoke together here that I have Amelia turning three, you know, beginning of April, and it's been wild seeing her beautiful, wild, crazy, independent <laughs> personality really, really come through in the last few months and shine, but also be very, very, um, um, testing, especially uh, for me, and I'm, I'm learning every day how to uh, manage it and handle it. And so I would love for you to share, you know, with everyone a little bit more about how you, you know, teach about toddlers and their behaviors. And then I'd love to also go into, um, you know, parents that have multiples like myself, obviously my dynamic of having my toddler and then having my 10 month old, my two girls of the dynamic of the two of them and their behaviors. Sure. So you're absolutely right. Toddlers are a particular species, I like to call them. <laughs> it's, a, it's like they're their own little unique creatures. Um, toddlerhood is a very intense, uplifting, incredible time in a child's life because, and in a parent's life because of everything that they're describe, uh, um, dis, um, discovering, right? They are mesmerized by everything. I mean, the trash can that can open with the press of a button or the toilet that can flush and look what I can do. And of course, up the stairs and down the stairs and anything and everything that they get can get themselves into. They're curious. Um, they're full of life and interest. So we have to follow them because they come with sort of like an automatic response of I can do anything and everything I want. Meanwhile, the reality is they can do very little. <laughs> so we have to kind of balance between what or how they throw themselves into life and how really little they know about life. So first comes safety, right? They're not very safe to themselves and others. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, yes, they want to open every cabinet and they want to do everything themselves and they want to climb on and off of and jump and so on and so forth. Um, so first comes safety. I always say that's your number one um, guidance in a way. Remember, when it comes to safety, you don't jeopardize, you don't take risks, obviously. But other than that, within the parameters of safety, they're not constantly endangering themselves, obviously, and you probably created an environment that is safe for them to be, you want to allow as much exploration as possible. And instead of rushing behind them constantly, stopping them from trying and doing what it is that they want to explore, you work with it. So 
oh, look, can't do that, but look what we can do. And oh, you can do this on your own, even though you try. Yes, I love that you're trying to do this all by yourself, but here, we're gonna do this together. So you have to kind of be so much more in a way inclusive of your toddler. And parents of infants that are so used to doing everything for the infant and almost to the infant, right? You pick them up, you put them down, you change their diaper, you um, put them in the high chair in the car seat and so on and so forth. With a toddler, you have to switch your mindset and say, oh, I have to do it with my toddler. They are much more intelligent. They bring a lot of now their ability to absorb and understand information on a daily basis, they connect the dots. So you have to be there with them on that. Look what you can do. Oh, this is a very good thing that you just learned, even if it's somewhat not necessarily such a great thing as they're trying to jump off of the kitchen counter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, you almost want to be impressed by all their skills and abilities rather than be afraid by them and anxious. And then you can work with that. So yes, you love to jump. Oh, wow, you have such a good hand. You can push, you can throw, you can pull. Okay, we can't do it this way, but look, we can do it that way. So a lot of that kind of guidance and uh, channeling what it is that they want to do rather than stopping them from doing what they want to do. Oh yeah, so well said. And I know, and it's funny, like when you said that they really do want to do so much. Amelia is so independent, Dr. Siggy. Like she is, I mean, and she's really smart. I mean, obviously I know as parents, we're all biased, but she, she really, <laughs> she really is so smart. Like she, sure. she picks up on everything. Like she watches me do something and then she does it two seconds later. And it's like, I have to remind her, like, I'll say things to her. Like yesterday I was cutting something and she went to pick up the scissors and she actually knew how to cut. And I was like, okay. I'm like, only mom and daddy does that. That's dangerous. You're, you know, you, yes, you understand how to do it, but like, you have to wait till you're older because it's something that can hurt you. But she really, it's so interesting with her because she like, she listens and she gets it and she'll say, oh, okay, only mom and daddy. But she looks at me like, but I was doing it right. So why can't I? Because she picks up on it so much faster than like, I've even seen other friends of mine whose kids like, you know, they explore and they'll try something. But Amelia, like she throws herself in full throttle that she actually understands it and does it like my husband was cracking up yesterday because I was doing my makeup in the mirror and then two seconds later she was in my bag and she actually like got the lipstick like on her lips in the perfect spots and like did them and like and my husband was like oh my goodness you know like she's just she's so funny because she picks up on everything she loves to learn she watches everything my husband's cooking she sits you know on the stool and watches him and then she goes in her little kitchen and cuts everything up and you know puts everything together like she really is not only like mimicking but she loves to absorb and learn constantly true very true and we can go back to that by the way that's a great example this scenario with the scissors so here is a a good way of actually allowing some of it you you 
you explain to the child what it is they cannot do, but what you want to do is actually show them the intention, what it is that they're trying to do. So it's like, whoa, Amelia, you saw mommy and daddy cut with scissors and now you are. So here's what I wanna tell you. Right now, we're gonna do this together, but you know what? One day you will be able to do it all by yourself. So you start with the here and now, rather than just stop, heard from the here and now and only talk about quote unquote the future so you're using the here and now as there is already something because learning is building blocks it starts now and it moves along it's like i have to lay down the foundation to it's not like one day you will cut with scissors right now this is how you can cut with scissors you know and i'm not saying that you have to allow that that's just an example because you brought it up obviously you can always decide to say no uh-uh you know what sweetie yeah amelia cannot cut yet but one day she will but you can also use it as amelia can't cut by herself yet so here is how we're going to do this together one day amelia will cut all by herself so this is the process of learning that starts at zero and moves along between doesn't know, can't do it on her own, does it with some help, and little by little gets better until she can do it on her own. Yeah, I love that you said that because it's a really good point, like, you know, whether it's scissors or something else. It, you're right. It's like, don't necessarily take it away and just like, you can't do that. Empower them so that they are getting to experience a little bit with you safely and then letting them know, like, before you know it, like you're going to get to do that on your own by yourself. Right. Yeah. Very, very smart. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like Amelia would also receive that really well because she is so independent and I try to empower her whenever I can. I be, I'm very intentional about letting her do certain things as long as of course it's safe and I watch her do it and make sure she understands. And if something isn't, you know, done correctly, then I explain it to her so that she can, you know, try to do it again and maybe not struggle. Like now we're potty training. So she's like really like starting to get to like almost, I would say being trained. And so with like wiping and toilet paper, like at first, of course, it was like, you know, pull off half the roll. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so like, okay, it's, you know, it's one or two squares and let me show you how. And now we're starting to get a little bit better about that and how to like rip it off. And, you know, so I'm trying to empower her in those, you know, areas and everything, but that's a really good point of just for anyone listening, like being intentional about obviously what you personally feel comfortable with as a parent, but being intentional about how you let them have that here and now moment to experience it safely with you or the other parent, and then be able to then say, okay, but at some point you will be doing this on your own because you will be big enough to. Right. Very cool. And so, you know, when it comes to, like you said, the baby, right? So anyone who's listening who has very little ones or newborns, like you said, we're doing everything. Like my 10 month old, she's, you know, I'm changing her constantly. I'm feeding her constantly, you know, I'm nursing exclusively, you know, feeding her, you know, of course in the high chair three times a day, like all the things plus sitting with her and doing, you know, playtime and stimulating and all that. And I really, you know, I'm intentional about spending time with each of them also as much as I can one-on-one -on -one. and especially with Arlie when Amelia takes her one nap that's when I spend time with 
Arlie and get to do like some little activities with her to help stimulate her and just let her learn and grow. And, you know, when Arlie's taking a nap, that's when I do activities with Amelia and we do, you know, puzzles and kitchen time and just different things in her little kitchen. So I guess my question is, is like you talked about the dynamic of the two of them, like, you know, of just in general, parents having, you know, doubles or multiples, whatever it may be, what would you want to share as far as that goes? And like, the behaviors and things that can help parents to be intentional and help them learn uh, how to manage having, you know, more than one. Right. So I, I love how you explained that there's some together time and then there's some alone time with each one of them. And I think as much as people can, you want to do some of it. So quality versus quantity. You don't have to spend too much alone time with one of the kids. But if you have a little bit of something that is special to each one, that is actually wonderful. Of course, life is life. And I tell parents, I'm not trying to change the way your life is. I want you to work the best with the way that your life is. So you're not feeling guilty and stressed about the way it is and you want to change it all the time. So when you can, whatever it is that you can, divide a little bit of time for each child but their time together is also very important in the family time together and for kids to actually realize that their parents um, are not taking anything away from them they are able to divide themselves which is something that is very difficult for children to understand so if you have two children like Ali in those kind of age ranges, and even if they're older, you want to know that often your older one feels as the attention and love that you gave them this whole entire time that it was just them until the little one came along was theirs to have. But when the little one came along, it's as if literally the love and attention you gave them is an object you took away. Kind of like we say, you need to share and we give their toys and we say, you don't need this toy. You can give your baby the toy and so on. They think of love and attention as exactly the same. You gave me something and now you're taking it away and giving it to someone else. So we have to, in a way, which is very difficult to explain to them. No, sweetie, my love and attention for you is for you. I don't give it to anyone else. But you have to understand that that is how they feel. So you can talk about jealousy, being jealous. Often all the older children feel jealous of the little ones without understanding that even jealousy is a two-way street. Of course, the baby is not yet jealous of the older kid, but you know what? Any moment now, that baby will be because they do realize that your attention is split and you are doing something with the other one. So you can tell your older one for now, you know that when you're jealous at your baby brother or sister, sometimes they're jealous at you too. So you normalize, you take down the tension that is, is put on feeling jealous as if there's something wrong, I'm not supposed to be jealous. Jealous is normal, it's fine, it comes and goes. And everybody feels that, so it's not unique or isolating. Um, so conversations about time shared, conversations about how I pay attention to you and your little sister or brother, not better attention, not more attention, but different attention. 
And you can specify that, you can be specific about what does it mean to pay different attention. So you know how I read you a story, that's the attention I give you. Can't really do it with your baby sister, she's a little too little for that. So what attention do I give her? It's not more, it's not better, it's different. Oh, I play with this toy with her. That's the attention I give her. So you see, everybody gets attention. It's not always the same, but it's not more or better. It's just different. I love that you said normalizing jealousy and having those conversations around that because you're right. I mean, it's a part of everyday life, right? Like we as adults have moments of experiencing that. We've gone through that in our own childhood and, you know, being in school and all those things, you know, many of us, I know I have experienced it. And so, you know, I appreciate that you said that about normalizing it and having conversations around it versus kind of pretending it's not happening. Absolutely. And you're absolutely right that all of us feel that. And you know, when we don't make a big deal out of it, it is really not a big deal. Jealousy, like all other emotions, comes and goes uh, in many different ways and for many, many different reasons. It's not usually something that is fixed unless we become fixated on it because we feel there's something wrong with it. We're not supposed to feel that. Or I am jealous because I'm less, because I'm inferior. No, I'm jealous because I'm human. And most likely someone is jealous at me for something completely different. Maybe I'm aware or not aware because they're human too. That's just a human emotion. So conversing about it, sort of like bringing it out into the open. There's nothing to hide uh, when it comes to jealousy or competitiveness about of attention and love that children have towards their parents. It's perfectly fine. A lot of it is just normal. We're all basically trying to find our place, right? <laughs> it's our lifelong journey. And it starts when we're very young. So there's nothing wrong with figuring that out from the very beginning. What is my place with my family? Am I exactly like my sister? Is she better? Am I better? No, I'm, I got a place. She has a place. It's not each other's place. There isn't just one place. There's one for each one of us. And that also kind of like takes down a lot of the stress and the tension. Yeah. And you just saying that even now, like relieves a lot of, you know, I felt it just the pressure that you feel as a mother and, you know, as a parent that you can experience from kind of, you know, I think a lot of us can also feel anxiety and, you know, a little bit of worry around like of what you just said, like, oh, is this one going to feel out of place? Is this one going to feel like I'm not giving them as much attention? The mom guilt is so real, like all these things. And what you just said so beautifully does help take away that, you know, tension and stress and pressure to say like, everyone figures out their place and everyone, you know, it takes time for them to understand that, but normalizing all the different emotions that come into play throughout all the, you know, days and, and times that they're interacting, whether it be with their sibling or by themselves, you know, with us, it's totally normal. Just like as adults, I think we're learning more and more, especially now from these conscious conversations, that emotions really are normal. There's no reason to act like we shouldn't have them. Right. Very true. 
And I'm learning that, you know, like I'm learning that like, it's okay. And that, you know, I can see it from a higher place. And it was interesting. I forget which guest of mine I had on, but one of my guests said, you know, an emotion is supposed to last, you know, only, you know, 80 seconds and then it's over. And we as humans, and especially even as adults, you know, at least my, you know, I was very guilty of this until recent, you know, you sit and wallow in your emotions way longer than that. And you let them take over versus being there, kind of that energy and then releasing. True. So it's very, it's very true what this uh, guest said. Emotion is actually something that constantly move like, um, yeah, it's fluid, it moves, it has a flow. What actually resonates and lingers is the memory of the emotion. We're stuck in the memory of what the emotion felt like. The emotion is long gone. We are just dwelling because we do have memory and our memory can store a lot of information. But when we become a little more aware of it, kind of like the breath, it's like breathing in and out. The emotion is kind of like that. It's in and then it's out and over with. Oh, I am now just lingering the emotion, making it stay and get stuck because I'm remembering it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I love that. I love that you just said that about a breath and that awareness of like, you just take a breath and it's in and out. And you're right. Like the emotion should be fluid and you know, therefore allow it to go in and out. So this is a great way to wrap up because I know you have to get to one of your sessions, but I want you to talk about your course that's coming out that so many parents are gonna want to check out. And I know you speak very heavily about emotion and behavior. Can you share a little bit about your course that is coming soon? I believe it's coming in May, is it? Yes, and maybe even sooner. We are we're at the very, very last stages of wrapping it up and putting it all together so we can launch it. It is an amazing course for parents of toddlers. Um, it has different types of lessons, a lot of the issues that parents struggle with exactly in that time frame of toddlerhood, uh, anywhere from party training to sleep to food, but to tantrum, socialization, big emotions, and so on and so forth. I come from the perspective, and this is my method, and you're going to also get a lot of information about that, the emotional behavioral method. So when we have a behavior, we seek the emotion that triggers the behavior. When we understand the emotion, when we are able to reflect, to validate, to acknowledge, and be aware and mindful of the emotion, the behavior goes away all by itself. Wow, that's that's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really like, powerful. yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's a lot of, you know, how we have, when we talk about insight, right? We have a certain behavior. We're so stuck on this, this, this. And then we're learning something. And one day there is this, oh, and right then the behavior changes as if all by itself, simply because of that insight. So I do a lot of that insightfulness because when we understand emotions, that is our insight and that leads to insights and behaviors change because of it um, just normally and naturally. And I help parents realize that and help their children do the same. Wow, that's amazing. And I love that you just said like, you know, that, that insight, because that goes back to our intentions, right? Like we're being intentional in what we're recognizing and what's presented to us. It's not like you said, it's not that anything actually changed. It's just that we're actually very aware of it. 
Right. That's very true. I love that. That's so cool. So your course is really going to be like all things on, like you said, toddlers and their behaviors and how to be so aware and navigate and just different types of situations, I'm guessing. I know I'm going to be getting to dive into this, which I'm so excited and I would share it further. But since I haven't gotten to see it yet and I've only gotten to hear about it from you, I just want to make sure I'm telling everyone that's listening right now, you know, all the things to expect from it. And then of course, we'll put it in the show notes when it is live. Thank you so much. So yes, it is. It's it's background, it's explanation, it's taking you through what is actually happening to you and to your child with you and your child, the dynamic, where you're headed. It gives a lot of um, real life situations that you can relate to that you've all been through. And it's like, oh yeah, I know what that means. I know how that feels. Okay. And you can take that and apply exactly um, what the course is uh, helping you with to your day-to-day life. So it's very applicable. It's practical, pragmatic, um, explain things in a broken down kind of way that you can take it section by section. So it's not overwhelming and it's very personal or personable. I love that. That's awesome. So, so cool. And congrats on the course. That's amazing. I mean, I'm sure after all the work you've done with children and also being, you know, a mom of three and everything, it must be really cool to see everything be put down into a course of everything you've been sharing for years and now have it to be able to distribute to other parents to learn. Yes, absolutely. I'm very, very excited about it. It's true. It's probably probably like another baby for you, huh? It's another baby. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I love it. That's so cool. Well, before I let you go, is there anything else that you would want to share with us or for any of my parents to, you know, know or think about when they, you know, think about just parenting in general, anything you'd want to leave them with? And thank you so much for all the gems that you shared and tell us where we can, of course, find you and follow you, plug yourself, tell us all the good things. (laughs) Thank you so much. So yes, I tell parents, don't try to do it all alone. Support is crucial. Whoever it is that you need to contact um, a best friend, a group of friends, other parents, your own parents, your great aunt and uncle, and of course, professionals. Parenting can be extremely overwhelming, lonely, um, isolating. Don't try to do it all alone. Keep yourself as a learner. Look out uh, for, yes, for information that is there, but how you can grow and understand this information to become uh, the parent that you want to be. And, uh, and I'm there for you if anyone needs. So yes, our Instagram is Dr. Siggy. And um, some people still like Facebook. It's also on Facebook. There's a Dr. Siggy page, which is uh, really the same. You can reach me through Instagram, email me. Um, I'm out there. So I'm available and here for you. Amazing. Yeah. And everything will be in the show notes. And guys, I mean, Dr. Siggy has so many incredible gems and ways to learn. So you can also just, of course, you know, Google Dr. Siggy and you'll find her site, all her social, and I'll put it on the show notes. Dr. Ziggy, thank you so much for sharing all the amazingness of parenthood and how we can really embrace and learn and find those insights and be so much more aware. This was so much fun. And I learned so much even just from getting to talk to you now. And I can't wait to dive into your course. So thank you for all you're doing for all of us parents. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it as well. Thank Thank you. you. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes, and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired. 